0: this episode of the podcast was recorded over a zoom call uh, at a time when physical distancing is important to us Uh, so you will find that depending on the quality of the internet connection uh, it can get choppy at times uh, but for the most part you will be able to hear the conversation clearly Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Hello Mentor podcast. Uh, Today we have Josiah Ng with us. Uh, Josiah is a retired Malaysian professional track cyclist turned speaker coach, mentor, tech entrepreneur, and brand advocate. Uh, He is the first Malaysian cyclist to have made it into the top six finalists of the Olympics three times uh, at the Summer Olympics of Athens in 2004, Beijing in 2008, and London in 2012. Uh, In 2004, Josiah was awarded the Malaysian Olympian and the Sportsman of the Year. Uh, Josiah is acknowledged to have put Malaysia on the map as one of the best countries for developing world-class track cyclists. Uh, Josiah still remains active in the sport closest to his heart since uh, retirement. Uh, He was the national coach for the Thai cycling team for the Asian Games in 2018, taking them uh, to a goal. Uh, he currently coaches the Malaysian state cycling team and runs his cycling e-academy uh, in Kuala Lumpur. Uh, Josiah is a sought-after speaker and is often invited by corporations and associations as he is naturally an engaging storyteller. Uh, Unstoppable is a bespoke series of coaching programs and motivational talks which Josiah offers through Sports Empowered. And um, with that, let's start the conversation. Hello. Hi. Hi, Josiah. Hi, Derek. Hi. Uh, Welcome and thanks for taking the time to do
1: this. Oh, thanks for having me here. I'm excited about this podcast. I love podcasts.
2: Oh, yeah, that's good. I love what
1: you you guys stand for, too, with the mentorship, um, you know, format. I mean, the, 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 the purpose of mentorship and all that and because um, that's that that's that's what I'm about these
2: days right
0: oh that's that's good I'm glad I'm glad you're like taking the time to give back um, and, and like I mentioned to you before we kind of started uh, recording like one of the things that we wanted to do was for people to hear stories from yeah. like Malaysians who've achieved some success so that the the advice, I think, is a lot more relevant, you know, in the yeah. context of the culture locally and the challenges that they will face locally too, right? Um, so it's yeah. good to have you. Uh, now, I'm uh, really curious uh, um, what, how you would kind of describe your career uh, to someone that's uh, meeting you for the first time. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it dep-
1: depends how much time I have.
0: right if it's just an elevator
1: you know like elevator pitch or whatnot you know i just want to know what i what i what i do or did and like you know i'm a i I was a olympic track cyclist three time Mm -hmm. olympian um and if i have more time i get into it then um yeah i i I, you know i represented uh, our country malaysia for 15 years at three olympic games and uh, over 10 world championships former world number one in the sport discipline of karen which not karen beer but (laughs) similar with the e instead of uh yeah Uh, so karen is a it's like okay most people know athletics well track cycling is similar athletics as in it has different disciplines and one of those disciplines is karen where it's a six man or woman sprint Mm -hmm. so six people at at competitors on on a velodrome uh, which is made out of wood, uh, at the same time, and we race. It's like a horse race mm. format, and it's it's originated in Japan after World War II um, as a permutual betting sport uh, to help raise local muni- raise money for rebuilding local municipalities after the war. So this is is it's a billion dollar industry in Japan, and in back in two thousand. Uh, Olympics, uh, the IOC made it an o- official Olympic event, and I became the first Asian to qualify for a final at the Olympics, which is top six. Uh, you know, after after also a a, a bit of a, a drama or a lot of drama, which we'll probably <laughs> go into later. So yeah, so that's that's the kind of the you know what I say, and you know I, I won the come I'm also the first Malaysian to win a Commonwealth Games gold medal. Mm and uh yeah i i like i'm very competitive and i'm now a coach and a mentor for in, do it co- corporate talks uh corporate workshops uh as well as to the public too and um uh with also um
0: state athletes which uh that covers the uh, grassroots mm pop mm, six that's amazing uh, before before we carry on uh, yeah. can you actually hear my daughter crying
1: I'm oh, that's your back. okay. Right, that's not oh, mine. Yeah. I, I thought, okay, that's <laughs> okay. Oh, you're
2: right, Okay,
1: we're, we're, okay both, we're both we're both we're both dads.
0: You know, yeah, yours yeah. is three years old, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's three, three years old. I think I think all she's right. trying to get a nap, but she's oh, okay, not yeah, right, no, that's, yeah.
1: it's it's nap time for mine. too. mine's nine months old, and right. her her name is Athena. Athena, right? Athena, uh, a name after my first Olympic games in Athens. Oh wow! So Athena okay. is the Greek goddess of wisdom and a whole bunch of other stuff, um, and and uh, she was the um, what do you call? Athens was was named in her honor. Mm. So I thought, okay, if it's a guy, it, it might have been Athens, and uh, well, luckily it's a girl. So Athena sounds sounds a bit prettier. It sounds it nicer. Is.
0: Yeah. It is it is so cool that that, yeah, that there's a story behind your daughter's name. It's yeah, like a meaningful yeah. story.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I kept it simple. It's like once I told my wife that, it's just like she went with it because it's, it's cool. So it's like, yeah. okay, done, easy. <laughs> Athena Eung, Eung Ai Ping. Ai Ping is her, her, her Chinese name. And the story to that is um, that was what, for my mother, because um, my my sister was the first, my younger sister is first to ha- give them a grandchild, and uh, her husband, my sister's husband, is is American, and didn't want a Chinese name. So my mom was so bummed out. It's like so bummed that she couldn't name. <laughs> so I said, Mom, please, uh, uh, it would be an honor if you could give our daughter a Chinese name my mom was so happy like I got like a thousand brownie
0: points <laughs> and so she
1: named her Iping
0: so hmm. uh so we call, it's, 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 we call is there it like, like a is there like a story behind that name too
1: well yeah my mother is religious and she likes those pretty words and um you know and meaningful right uh well my Chinese is horrible so <laughs> she she loves she, she loves the uh, uh, words with 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 um, uh, positivity,
2: and, mm. you
1: know mm. all that gracefulness, you know mm. beauty, all that kind of stuff. So I you know, yeah I thought I thought I, Ping okay that's um, it's, got a nice it, ring it's like, to it. flows, it, it goes, it got a good ring, and you can call it Ping Ping, and that's ah, great. <laughs> mm. Mm. I, I did it for the brownie points. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> well, it's a nice name. So that, that's, mm. uh, that's Thank really you. good. Uh, and uh, since you're on the topic of family, and yeah. I think we touched upon this a little bit before we started recording, you know, like, how's the, how's the year going for you so far? I mean, like, you know, as uh, someone that's a professional athlete, I'm sure you're yeah. so used to be out and about, but, you know, yeah. everything's locked down now. It's so different. Yeah so yeah how how's how's things
1: I mean it, you know, look it it's i think it's it's been challenging it's been challenging for everyone though this is this is unprecedented in 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 the world, and you know everyone has to go through these similar challenges, right? you know, I got my friends in Melbourne where I used to live, they're locked down for like months like six- almost six months and You know, I I really feel for the people that, that own businesses, the own businesses that, that can't thrive in this Mm. environment, Mm. um, and, and people that have lost their jobs. So, you know, when, when I speak to my, my students about uh, this, or I give a talk for corporate, which I've I've, I've given a few in the last few days and, and I said, look, um, I always practice in the toughest of times, it's I've always practiced even more so gratitude. Mm. So, gratitude is easy to practice when things are going well, but when mm. things are not going as well, uh, it's something more challenging. And look, I say, Well, I still have a job, I'm still getting a paycheck. I'm mm. thankful for that. I'm thankful to, for the opportunity to spend time with my daughter. You know they change so fast at the at this young age that it's like mm. i don't I, I don't miss a thing mm. you know and i embrace it I, I change diapers at night you know typically two to three times a night sometimes i'll sleep through it so my wife will do it but most mm. of the time if i wake up i change the diapers i i do i do the bottle feeds because we you know we switch from from breast milk uh, because she grow teeth. So she yanks mm. and bites. So, you know, I do that and, um, I get to raise her. We purposely didn't have any help, which is, mm. you know, uh, a lot of my friends have helped, but, um, you know, I, we don't have any family here to support it. So, you know, it's just my wife and I, and, but I love it. You know, so that's the, that's a positive thing that, that has come out through it mm. and it makes us thankful. Um, for even exercising outdoors for that. You know, it's like mm. you don't appreciate something until it's taken away from you. Mm. So since uh, the first MCO, when it, uh, what do you call um, it, it, it changed to CMCO and mm. we were able to go outside. Um, you know, I think a lot of people did that too. You could, you, you, I heard of a uh, sporting goods shops, bike shops selling out of everything because people realize what a privilege it is to go outside and exercise Mm. and spend time outdoors. And Mm. we didn't take that. We took it for granted. And now that it was taken away from us, then humanity, you know, our culture that goes, oh, okay. It's a, it's a shock. Right. And, and now you can see a lot of people outdoors. Right.
0: I I, I agree. Like, uh, I live in a condominium. So, you know. Same here, um, in a box. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And um, before the lockdown, you could see, I mean, in the condominium, we have got all kinds of like sporting facilities, right? We have like a tennis court, the gym and all that. And before the lockdown, things were fairly quiet. But after the lockdown was lifted, Oh, we was busy. <laughs> super busy. Like everyone was out. Yeah, super busy. Everyone yeah. was playing tennis. everyone's was like yeah, playing yeah, yeah. badminton. Like, no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. So you
1: see the, the best parts of it. Of course, we can't ignore the the negative effects with, with our, our economy. Uh, and also um, mental health. Mm. Um, I, you see all the time now. Um, a lot of suicides have gone up. Yeah. Right? Um, it, it, you know, in Malaysia, in Thailand, when my, my wife is Thai, so she tells me every day in her town, suicides, um, you know, people, you know, a lot of people can't, don't know where, how to, you know, what to do, right? It's like, so, you know, we had do we have to keep that in mind. Um, uh, and that, that does help me be more grateful for the, what I have. Mm. The tough times, we de- definitely don't want to repeat this again and we want to learn from it. Um, mm. but like I always say too, you can there's things, there are things that you can control and things that you can't control. Focus on the things that you can control. Mm. You know, a lot of people are obsessed with the numbers. You know, I see a lot of these, you know, send around the WhatsApp groups, the numbers. At the end of the day, we can't really, you know control Mm. we can only control what we can control Mm. so you know masks and and social distancing and just common sense common sense let that drive drive Mm.
2: things Mm.
0: no i agree and i think it's very important for people to kind of realize and and i I recently wrote a post about this in that you can't yeah as you mentioned you can't really control what happens to you but you can You can sort of you can kinda of decide how you want to respond to it, right? Like what's within your power. That's I suppose that's right. That's the most yeah. useful thing you can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. And and I, I want to kind of jump in um to like how your entire career started as a cyclist. And yes. and, and, and and I'm wondering whether this personality that you've you had, like you know, has it did it actually start at a really young age? where you always yeah. like this? Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I think we've, you know, we obviously done a bit of research about your background and, yeah. uh, you know, some of the stuff that, uh, some interviews that you've had. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to kind of read a quote from this interview. So you said that when you were, when I was 14 years old, uh, I decided to stop dreaming and make it happen. Uh, I recruited my grandma to help me bake 250 chocolate chip cookies to be sold for 390, 3.90 cents door to door. <laughs> no, one one USD, yeah. You know, oh, so one, oh, so so you were in like you were, uh in the one US. D. Yeah, know. yeah. One I, USD. I was, I
1: was living with my grandparents for about six months because my my right. parents couldn't handle how rebellious I was or how <laughs> active I was. So I I, right. I I went to stay with them and they were living at that time in the East Coast in the ten Tennessee Georgia border,
2: mm. in,
1: in, in in like Ulu area, like really Ulu uh, farm and all that and. Um, well, uh, you know, my neighbor, turned out to be a pr- former professional cyclist oh. who, I, who I reconnected with. And then he's followed my journey since. Wow. Okay. And even my, my first coach was his former rival. So the world is small. It's pretty interesting how that happened. So he was, and I, and I love the bicycle. I used to read Bicycling Magazine when, back when I was like 10, 12 years old at the library. This is pre-internet. Mm. age uh, <laughs> that was just to show how old i am um, this is early 90s right so right. so basically like uh, i loved you know i love the bicycle and yeah you know, someone's asked me but why and why the bicycle and well growing up in a traditional asian family conservative christian Asian, tick all those boxes that, that suck out of fun out of everything, right? <laughs> so basically, study and practice your violin. That's the two things my parents drove. My dad was a violin teacher, too. I see. Well, so, you know, our music <laughs> teacher. So it's like right. practice my violin or study. And my mom drove that. And my, my dad drove the violin practice. And it was just so. And the bicycle represented freedom. I mm. could get away from that for a few hours from away from the strict parenting and um so that i think that's why i grew to love the bicycle so much of course um you know that 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 created some problems as well because uh, all of a sudden instead of going to church i find a way to ditch church or ditch you know family gatherings to go on a bike ride or to race my bike and that 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 was that didn't go well with my parents because I had I have two younger siblings so I was showing a bad example, right? Mm, mm. And I remember getting grounded and and then you know the physical altercation with my parents at 16 and then finally my dad said one day was like hey son, okay you look like you're determined so when you turn the age of 18 you are officially an adult you can choose your pathway but not under our roof. So he gave me the ultimatum. After the five dollars sixteen, and I didn't. Uh, he, I, my dad, he's not going to kick me out. But <laughs> two years later, oh, when like two weeks before I turned eighteen, he's like, "Son, your 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 bicycle still around. You haven't packed your bags. Remember what? Remember our deal?" I said, "Oh boy, he's serious." Oh. So I had to get. I had to get scrambling. I I made phone. Call- I had that black book, and I always made phone calls from the book of lists. Of people that always helped me out so mm. i built i built my team early on because mm. i made sure that everyone knew my story mm. and i would tumpang rides to races because mm. all the other kids had parents that are willing to drive one two three four hours mm. where every weekend there's a race and they would drive their kids to the race but i didn't have any ones to support me in that aspect mm. so i would make sure all the parents knew my story and then i'd call and tumpang, beg to ride right off everyone to the race. Mm. So, and this is going to help you. Okay, I got back on my book and I, I put the word out. It's like, oh my god, evil parents. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to quit cycling. I'm, you know, and at this stage I, there is no indication that I would have been a professional cyclist, Olympian, blah, blah, blah. Zero indication. Mm. So don't forget my first place, I, I, I got last place when I was 14. Mm. Last place, mm. And even there are a few girls in the race and I got, and they beat me.
2: Mm.
1: So mm. it's like, you know, by the, by the time I'm 18, I, I was state champion, California state champion. I was number two in the U.S. I snuck mm. in the U S national championships, even though I wasn't, I was not a U.S. citizen,
2: mm. you know, cause I was
1: determined. So my coach helped me sneak in and I think he might've bribed someone or he knew someone <laughs> that, you know, but anyway, long story short, every- <laughs> It wasn't a problem until I tried to represent them, and then um, they, you know, I had to produce a passport, then of course, I right. couldn't. But anyway, so this was kind of that determination. and you know, by the time I was eighteen, I just I found someone an uh, a, a uh, older gentleman who uh, Don Elling, he he lived by the beach about an hour from where I grew up, and he said, "Well, when you graduate from high school, which is six months left, And after I turned 18, so I stayed with another friend until I graduated. And then when I graduated from high school, I moved out to uh, live with him because he had a spare bedroom. And he said on one condition that I stay in school. So I enrolled in a local uni at minimum courses, of course, which is called Mm. units, So three or four classes a day. Mm. And I would train before and after class. And
0: uh, so uh, kind of that's that's what happened. Wow, that's that's quite a story. So, so, so based on what I'm hearing, it sounds like, you know, throughout your teenage years that, yeah. you know, your, your parents were not supportive at all uh, about cycling. Right. But you kind of did it anyway. Well, yeah, because,
1: you know, OK, my grandmother, one of my first mentors, she said, and she's a lifelong piano teacher and she's 93 years old and still teaches piano despite her ear not her hearing being a little bit uh, not not as good as it used to be so she said to me when i was young i, I might have been nine or ten years old so just i have one advice for you uh that if you if you don't listen to anything i say just listen to this find what your passion is and figure a way how to make money out of it make a living out of it so i, I listened to her literally Um, of course that my dad wasn't, it wasn't aligned with my parents, uh, thoughts, but as a parent now, I don't blame them because look, being, you know, making a living on a bicycle. My my mom always said your, your bike, you better put down your bike and, you know, pick up your books because your bicycle will never put a roof over your head or food on the table. So I enjoy balanja her to uh, restaurants these days and, remi- and reminding her jokingly, of course, that my, 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 my bicycle fed not only me, it's feeding her.
2: <laughs> it never gets old.
1: Um, but but as, as a parent, like now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, look, they, they, they did what was reasonable. You know, they, because I, I was, my grades did suffer a little bit. You know, of course, I always made American school systems much easier than Asian school system. Oh, is that right? You just have to do your homework <laughs>
0: right. and you pass,
1: you, you will pass the next grade and next grade. If you oh, try, right. they reward you for trying. Oh, wow. Okay. Can you believe that? That's how ridiculous it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So, so you can graduate through high school with that, with, by even failing most of your subject. Of course, I didn't, I didn't feel, I I, I might have failed Maybe biology and calculus, but other, you know, I I did enough to get like with a B average. So mm. how easy the American school system? What a joke it is! Not in mm. university level level at mm. elementary and high school level, it's a joke. You know, mm. I mm. think I finished uh, with a little over 3.0 grade point average, which is uh, out of 4.0. So all the right. all the all the Asians. <laughs> I'll generalize, but it's pretty much true. All Asians all had over 4.0 because you can get okay. over 4.0 by taking honors classes and acing those too. But right. I was like this, uh, you know, embarrassing Asian. I got a 3.0, which for like an American kid would have been great. You know, you would have gotten a, you know, a, a reward for that. But for me, it's mm-hmm. like, I was like ranked 1,000 out of 4,000 kids in my high school. It's a big high school. It's uh-huh. like, I was like, provided shame to my, my family because when they go to church, of course, they, they compare with their their uh, friends' kids, you know, Oh, their friends' kids, oh, my, my, my son's going to be a great doctor or a nurse or an engineer, 4.2 average, great point average, and
0: then, you know, they have to, they can't say anything, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I find, actually what I find interesting about that story is, um, so actually two things, right? Number one, about your grandma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think, Uh, recently uh, you know there's been a lot of um, the word passion has been used a little bit more frequently but for someone that is like in those days right at that age and that era like passion is probably one of the last things that they talk about like people were incredibly practical right when it came to like making money right people from that generation
1: well yeah well even still today though Mm -hmm. especially in our culture you don't I mean, it's a little bit more open mind. There's, I mean, there's a lot of parents that do put a lot of emphasis on sports and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But I think that's still the minority. I think generally speaking, most parents would rather um, condition their kids to, to choose a traditionally successful career pathway of lawyer, engineer, accountant, you know, all the. Oh
0: difficult. yeah. I'm a, I, well, I, I used to be an
1: accountant, so I would. There know. we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, find nothing wrong with that. Um, and I, and, and I say not everyone can choose their passion as their career. Not everyone is as fortunate and lucky. So there's a reverse to you. You can find passion in what you do for a living. Yeah. So you, you, you might not be, you know, everything about it, but you can find little bits and pieces of passion that, in what you do for a living Mm. and if you can't find anything then just find a different job i suppose but but you've got to you mean we spend a a, you know one-third of our lives or almost one-third you know minus all the malaysian holidays is almost one-third of our lives maybe it's a quarter of our lives with all the Malaysian holidays (laughs) um and i love i love that by the way that's why i moved back here uh you know a year year and a half or two years ago now because um, I love the culture. It's, you know, it's, it's, I think we we can achieve a fair amount of work-life balance here because of all mm. those holidays, maybe. Mm. Um,
0: <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, here you, you don't get a free pass just for doing your homework. Uh, that's, so it's, you're right. that's true. That's true. <laughs> that yeah. part's a bit harder. Uh, and uh, the other thing about the, um, I suppose what you went through with your parents was, in some sense, like you said, it was reasonable for them to have concern about, you know, trying to be a professional athlete. Oh, and I probably say this, right? So a lot of people wow. who are listening and, they are young and they're young and they have this dream, because I think the challenge is that you have to be, I mean, for it to be like a viable career, you really have to be at the top of your game, right? Yeah. Like in your instance, that like you're like the top six, you know, in the Olympics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, th- then you can make a living. You can
1: you can you can make a real a decent living. But having said that too, there's another part that that I that I should uh, tell because my top salary back then, okay, back then was from between 2000 and 2015 when I retired two, five years ago.
2: Hmm.
1: My salary was 2,500 ringgit per month. Because that, even though if, if you're world number one, Li Wei got two thousand five hundred ring a month. Oh, okay. Okay, so we have to supplement that to to, to get to to build our wealth. We have to supplement that. Okay. Mm. So, but but if we don't, if we don't supplement with um, bonuses, race winnings, with um, endorsements, prize money, um, and entrepreneurship um, projects. Uh, then you know, you know, we, we're not we're not gonna really build wealth, right? Mm, mm, so mm. the the reason I am in a place that I am now, where I can afford, um, you know, a realistic car of my dream. I'm I'm into cars, mm. so you know, I can I can you know I can uh, live in a, a fairly nice place comfortably. I can eat out, go out to eat regularly. You know, can can, can afford vacations, that kind of thing. Uh, is because I built skill sets outside of sport, and every athlete—this uh, will answer one of your questions probably, because <laughs> everyone, <laughs> most people ask, you know, this question. But um, every athlete um, needs to to build build those kind of skill sets because we're at the end of the day we're selling ourselves, hmm. right? We're promoting, we're marketing ourselves, selling ourselves, and we—if we don't have that ability, then you you really have a challenging time making a, a good living
2: mm,
1: mm. out of sport mm, mm. unless you're in the NBA, you know, mm. unless you're in certain sports, but mm. as an Olympic athlete with an amateur, typical amateur sports, like, mm. you know, like maybe, okay, what's a good one? You know, archery, diving, um, you know, badminton is one that you can, you can go to the, you know, you can play on the, the, the leagues. You know, on, on uh, there's many tournaments that play, make good, you pay good prize money. So that, those are one of the few sports that you can uh, make a good living without being top ranked in the world. Mm.
0: But most of the Olympic sports, not going to happen. Right, right. So so the income from I suppose being directly involved yeah. in the sport is going to tend to be low. So you do yeah, have to yes. like look for other ways to kind of generate that income, right? Definitely.
1: And uh, it, it's a lot easier today with social media. If you're good mm-hmm. at social media, you can, you know, like Farah Ann, uh, mm-hmm. who's a, a gym, gymnastics, uh, qualified for next year's Olympics. You know, she's got, I don't know, quarter million followers or whatnot. She makes a decent living uh, on, the, on the speaking circuit and, and, and also endorsement deals. I see like, with um, what is it? That mattress company, Roselle. I see. I see that every day I pass that billboard. She would have been paid very mm. fairly. Mm. I assume that she would have been mm. paid very fair for that. Mm. You
0: know? mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So which also explains, because uh, obviously when we we went through your background, yeah, I can yeah. see that you've been involved in like different entrepreneurial projects and, and, and yeah. this and that uh, apart from the cycling, yes. um, I, I, I want to come back a little bit to, um, like the challenges of trying to be like, a, a professional athlete, right? Cause I, I, so I read that four months before you were due to compete in the Olympics in Athens, uh, this was in 2004, you actually had a crash, right? You, you um, a the crash, you broke your yeah. wrist. Yeah. Uh, you teeth knows nose and you lost a lot of blood and you went to two the liters. ICU for several days, two liters. Yeah. Wow. Two liters. So, I mean, that, it, it, that's the point of danger, uh, mm.
1: uh, losing too much blood. And,
0: and so, um, how do you go through that? Like in terms of, um, I suppose the, the physical stress would be one, cause you're about to compete. Right. Yeah. And also that mental stress.
1: Okay. So yeah, I, uh, this is, this is part of the, the series that I do uh, a talk, uh, a workshop for um, cultivating an Olympian mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and this is, this is a great story that I'm able to tell and to give people, uh, give others uh, more insight to, to the, the mindset that what it takes because four months later uh, I turned my, my, my luck around right became you know so you know i'm I'm sitting there okay so first first of all i, I was i was training in, in switzerland on a, on a full scholarship so i'd been given an olympic solidarity scholarship to train full time in switzerland for two years prior to my athens olympics and i was training and, and a dozen athletes throughout the world received these scholarships from second tier nations nations with 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 no um, elite um, high performance program, I mean Malaysia doesn't qualify anymore because now I've I've helped establish that we have we have a base in Melbourne, but before we didn't have anything. So like I had um, some of my training partners were from like Cuba, Colombia, Bolivia, Korea, you know Taiwan that that those kind of countries where the uh, IOC wants to give each country a chance to succeed at the Olympics and not only just like France, Germany, Great Britain, Mm. Australia. So uh, fortunately I was given that opportunity and we were training and it was like, it was a resounding success. Uh, 11 out of 12 of us qualified for the Olympic games. So four months before we were were like, our spirits were high. We're all gonna be Olympians in four months. I, I actually finished that year, that season ranked number one in the world. So I was like, you know, I won a couple world cup, uh, medals and all of a sudden it's like, wow, it was sky high. We were exhausted though, because we were training, we were pushing the envelope Mm -hmm. and I employed this mindset, um, motto called every day is game day, which enables on, on the toughest day, everyone can train hard when you, when you're fresh. But, mm. but the key to the championship mentality is to be able to train just as hard when you're exhausted. And I approach each day, especially the day I'm exhausted. I'm really exhausted. The next day, I'm like, okay, every day is game day. Tomorrow is game day. I will prepare as if tomorrow's the Olympics. And I will mm. enter that. So that, that goes starts the night before, packing mm. my... You know, preparing for the next day, packing everything, getting ready to go—all my clothes, baju, all the, all, all the, all the stuff, right? Um, getting an early night, or night's rest, waking up with a cold shower to to alert myself. You know, like waking up like as if today is game day. And for me, game day is Olympic games. So, mm. so that's what I did. And that day, it was like we everyone was on the high and everyone performed in training. They achieved their PB, PB meaning personal best. And I remember mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was the last one to go. And the coach mm-hmm. and, the, and my training partners all, you can do it just like, Come on. You know, it's game day today, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, man, the pressure's on everyone achieved their best. Uh, I have to really, I have to, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, it, it was really competitive environment. Mm. So I put my bike in that, in, in the gate, starting gate. And this, this particular exercise was called the the standing lap, which we had to accelerate from zero from dead stop to like 60 over kilometers an hour in just 250 meters. Mm. Mm. So just one lap, we have to go from zero to like, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it required so much, not only physically, but mentally, out of ourselves, so that was the last last chance of the day for me to get my PB. And I, you know, my coach said five, four, three, two, one. I start out of the gate, and by the turn one, I was like thirty kilometers an hour. In the second turn, I was forty kilometers an hour. By the time I got to the finish, I was approaching sixty kilometers an hour, and just pushing myself, everything, squeezing everything out of my body, and then boom, everything went blank. And I woke up thinking that I was just waking up from a nap but I had these two paramedics standing over me mm. and I'm like who are these people and they're asking me questions like what's your name do you know where you are and I answered them you know I'm Josiah you know, uh looks like I'm in my in the be- inside of the velodrome because we used to take naps in the afternoons mm. inside mm. of velodrome so oh, I'm just to walk up from a nap but who are you guys so don't worry we're we taking care and then I, I I remember seeing all my 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 teammates or my training partners all in tears, and I'm like, "What's wrong with them?" And um, the, the, the the one of the paramedics told me, "Well, you just had a very terrible high speed accident, hmm. and uh, we'll have to take you to the to the hospital. But don't worry, we got you. We we you know we're, we'll take good care of you." And I remember their stickiness, and I was covered in blood all around me, because two liters of blood. Oh, and yeah. you know, I remember someone visited the center ten years later, told me they could still see the big puddle, of the stains, of the blood made to the flooring. That like was pretty crazy. Mm. So you know, uh, I, I ended up staying in the emergency, in the ICU, intensive care unit for two, uh, five days. And I remember the Malaysian media calling me and said, you know, are you, you know, are you depressed or, you know, you know, why would you ask me that? And they said, well, you know, your, your, your dream is, is vanished. Right. And I remember not like thinking that's a weird way to think.
2: <laughs>
1: and I said, no, you know, they, they, they you know, they, they well, after we, we talked a little bit more. And they are like, You're pretty, you seem pretty positive. I said, well, I'm thankful I'm alive. So that gratitude thing again started then, mm. right?
2: Mm.
1: And because of that, and because, okay, first of all, because of game day, because of that mentality of every day is game day, that got me in trouble, right? Because I pushed so hard that I passed out mid-flight and slammed into the wall, breaking my wrist, my nose, my tooth. You know, and then right. you know, had had to have seventeen stitches in my forehead uh, to sew up the the wound where where that's why I, I bled so much. So, it, it, because of that, that I was able to push the envelope. Of course, that day I pushed too hard, mm. but that was what enabled me to to turn around my dot my my situation from a losing mm. situation back into a winning situation because of that mentality that positive I can do it and then I, I just took, took day by day I did I never mm. let the whole situation overwhelm me because a lot of times we allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by that something that's you know everything can can be overwhelming right when you when you're mm. you know in, in this case you know particularly this year probably a lot of people can be easily overwhelmed oh my goodness when where am I what I'm going to do I can't I, I lost my job or my business You know, but if we take it one day at a time and soon enough, we will turn that losing situation or losing circumstance into a winning one. Mm. And that's Mm. exactly what I did four months, four months later. Exactly. After two surgeries on my wrist, I was back at the top. Mm.
0: That's I I love that. So, so basically um, uh, you're right in saying that, I suppose a lot of people would kind of look at that situation and kind of think that, well, there's no way you're gonna you know get back out there and compete, right? But yeah. having that championship mindset, taking things one day at a time, um, it's it's yeah. it's really good. And 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 I you know to some extent even um, right now in my personal life, I, I I do have days where you know even I feel really off and I don't feel like doing it today. Yeah. And having that discipline, I suppose like how you put it, is it's really useful and. Um I'm also trying to kind of like look at things moment to moment rather than trying to I, I think I think the problem with like human nature is if you let your mind kind of run wild a little bit and start imagining worst case scenarios yeah and you know like nothing bad has really happened yet, but you let the possibility of something bad happening kind of ruining the day you have today right yeah so yeah it's not it's not that useful and then and like you said like I really love that kind of like you know, today's game day, take it one day at a time. And, yeah. you know, right. Exactly. So that's that,
1: that, that me. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all mindset and mental games that we can play my, with, with. We can, we can adjust mm. um, to, to our environment and we can adjust to, to our situation to, mm. to make it that much easier uh, mm. so that we can be successful. We can maximize. And, you know, mm. lots of people, they, they overestimate what they can do in a short amount of time and mm. underestimate what they can do in a long period of time. That's mm. that's the problem. And and to have this, if we change, we can change our mindset. Uh, then we can we can really maximize what we do in a short period of time to achieve what we do and what we accomplish in a long period of
0: time. Mm, mm. And, and you mentioned earlier that um, you have some form of ritual. Is that right? In order to uh, retrain the sense or routine, in the sense of getting into its game day mode. Uh, yeah, I do, I do, and
1: but that that's that I, I can't. That, that one I'll I'll keep a secret for for, for my my clients. Oh, okay, <laughs> but okay. yeah, I can't give everything away. So this is what I do for, for a living. I, I I coach and I mentor, uh, and and I I have um, you know, I, it, it's taking it's, 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 it's taking off now. Um, I've, I've coached teams from, uh, Microsoft, Google, um, U, uh, no, Uber's, they just booked me and their Uber's engineering team from the U S just booked nice. me for next week. Um, Airbnb teams mm-hmm. from, from, uh, Korea, Singapore, and the U S, uh, mm-hmm. PwC. Um, so, uh, entrepreneur or organization, EO. I've done talks, live talks with them as well. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's what I do with, um, trying to help people in the corporate world, um, uh, um develop uh, a winning mentality, Olympians, mm. Olympians mindset. So, to, so Olympians
0: speak. mindset. So, so yeah. this like, um, having that kind of mindset that yeah. it's, it's applicable to, I suppose, Anything that you do, right? Any high it, it, performance it really, environment.
1: It really is. It really is because they say, you know, I I have worked with a sports psychologist for quite a lot a while, and he works. He also worked and works with with uh, CEOs mm. and, and other corporate corporate suites. And uh, they, he said that uh, uh, sportsmen and 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 the corporate leaders think very similarly. They have very similar mindset. Mm. It's kind of mm. scary, he said, uh, because, well, we have to lead, we have to sell, uh, we, we, we dream big and we execute to our dreams. And, and, and the chances of success are not that high. Mm. Uh, the numbers aren't, the, the, the percentage and numbers aren't on our side, but we, that deep belief is, is what drives us. And uh, that, that's where,
0: you know, the similarities start.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: and, and um, it reminds me of a, an advice I received from a friend before so you know um, so I run like a technology company and in, in moments where um, we were facing this situation where we were running out of money and I was talking okay. to my friend Right, I was really stressed yeah. that I, you know I'm not sure what to do you know we're running yeah. out of cash and the first thing he told me was well the number one thing you should kind of realize is that you should start behaving like a professional athlete right now yeah. that's the main thing that you, like you should so so what he meant was like really doing like the basic stuff rather than being caught up with the stress like eat well sleep well yeah. make sure you wake up the top of your game right yeah, so so absolutely. those things are really important rather than yeah. worrying about this big problem uh, yes it's a
1: small thing I mean that's why that's another thing you know I, I teach um, my, my students uh, to to do is, is basically the the goal setting piece Mm. Uh, I, I do a workshop called the reverse goal setting, um, and that that to do go through that enables you to forget about the enor- enormousness of the task of the goal, mm. uh, of the mission, um, and focus on on the the micro goals, on achieving mm. micro goals, tick, you know, basically ticking your boxes. But mm. if you don't if you don't go through that, then you then it's easy to get overwhelmed because it's mm. not on paper, it, mm. you don't have that
0: roadmap. Mm. 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 Nice. Um, so um, moving on from your, I suppose, um, your career in cycling, I saw, I saw the clip where you won uh, gold in the Commonwealth Games in 2010. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I watched it still on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, so uh, what, how did you feel when, when you won gold. And I, and I was watching it, but I don't understand the sport enough. But yeah. when I was watching the clip, I could see that, you know, you weren't quite in the first position, right? Towards the end. And at the end, yeah. you kind of got to the front. So yeah. like, yeah. How, how did you feel like that, that
1: moment? Well, I mean, the thing was, um, you know, that was my third Commonwealth Games and the fir- previous two, I got in fifth place. Yeah. And then my first Olympics, I got fifth place. And of course, my last name name for the Cantonese speakers is number five, so it's like my <laughs> curse, right? Um, but you know, two years earlier, I was was expected to bring home the first Olympic gold medal at Beijing. You know, after I make that final in in Athens, despite uh, my accident and injury, uh, over the next four years, the the, the government, our government invested a lot of money into to develop my, to develop me, and to maximize my chances of bring, bringing home Malaysia's first Olympic gold medal. And long story short, I failed. I think I ended up nine, which is still a decent result for Olympic games, it's top 10. But you know, mm-hmm. when you're expected to w- bring home hardware and you miss out, it's, it's devastating what it can do mm-hmm. to to a person. And I fell into a deep depression and I started to think about, um, you know, uh, using performance enhancing drugs. I started mm-hmm. thinking, you know, I was a clean athlete and here I was because I, I found out that a lot of my, my rivals were also, you know, they were, they had turbo boost mm-hmm. and I didn't. And I, I started, that that started to get in my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily my, my strength and conditioning coach, um, you know, I had um, spoken to him and trusted him with this info. And he, he said, okay, I'll, well, before you make that decision, speak to one of my friends who ended up being my sports psychologist. Mm. And he got me out of that dark period of my life by helping me to to have a different pers- you know, uh, per- perspective. Mm. And I worked with him regularly and we dug myself out of the hole. And in in less than two years, I turned it around from losing the Olympics to winning Commonwealth games. So that's why, you know, when you watch that, there's tears and there's just elation because it meant so much because I kept myself uh, clean hmm. and tr- I was true to myself. And I didn't go down the pathway of, that's what so many athletes do with mm. performance enhancing drugs. I stayed mm. clean the rest of my career. So mm. I started clean and finished clean. And that's, 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 you know, that's, that's something that's, uh, I could, you know, that I'm even more proud of than, than any medal. is to stay mm. true, um, to, to, to what I started out
2: doing. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so and I imagine like the, um, one of the reasons why, you know, it's like you you put your heart and soul into something, and yeah. it, it, it's and there's an incredible amount of pressure, right, to really do your best, right, to be at the top, right, no, everything.
1: Well, ba- back then, our our sports minister was um, a lady. What mm. was her name? Oh, slipped my mind. But she was like not a very nice lady. Mm. Um, <laughs> and and Azalina Dr. Azalina right okay yeah and i'd say this to her face too because because she right before my she was she was there because uh you know basically Lee Chong Wei and myself were uh, uh, were were the only medal hopes mm. and she so she came to watch us both and she was in the stands and then she came down an in infield before my final or my semi final said so um are we, you know, are you going to, are you going to win a, a gold medal? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so that, that, like that kind of thing, you know, that's, that's not what should be done. Right. Like we are already <laughs> under <laughs> enough pressure. Why would you do that? You know, and mess with our minds. So, right. <laughs> it's not quite the pep talk, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. But she, you know, unfortunately she had no idea about sport know, right. yeah. I wish I wish I had KJ back then because he knows about sport, and he would have he would have done what's right. Mm-hmm. right? He would have left yeah. me alone, left me to focus on what I had in my mission. Mm. Uh, but anyway, that's a funny yeah. story.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and um, with uh, among all the um the Olympics that you've you know you've competed uh-huh. in uh, in Athens, Beijing, uh, uh-huh. and in London, Uh, Which was the most unforgettable one to you and why? Definitely Athens because it was my first Olympics
1: and it's in the birthplace of the Olympics. So I remember the feeling I got was just so amazing, you know, plus four months earlier, I was almost dead. So I was like, you know, I was really embracing (laughs)
2: life
1: Mm. Um, rather than, you know, Beijing, there's a lot of pressure and I still enjoyed that, but not. It wasn't the same as Athens. Athens was, it was just a wonderful uh, Greece. I, I'd like to go back. I haven't been back since, and I, I'd love to go back one day to to see it uh, as a tourist. Mm. So uh, you know, it just is. Yeah, and making that Olympic final, of course, was special. Um, yeah, yeah. And oh, I was, yeah. I was, I was twenty-four, so you know, it was it was great. Life was good, right? Carefree. In your twenties mm. you're kind of carefree, you know no responsibility not married, no kids, nothing. It was great. Mm. <laughs> but it's a different it's a different kind of of, of, of uh quality now. But yeah. There yeah. is there the um there is different uh I mean we we now uh have um responsibilities, obligations.
2: Oh
0: yeah. So Oh yeah. Oh I, I can imagine twenty four years old, you know, competing in the Olympics Great, man. Uh, yeah, amazing. <laughs> right. Carefree. Yeah. It's like carefree. life yeah. can't get better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so for for the people who are listening, who's, who are thinking about being a professional competitive athlete in Malaysia right now, mm. you know, considering the challenges that they might have, you know, what advice would you give them? Like it's not easy, I imagine.
1: Oh yeah, there's nothing. I mean, the the same advice that I would even give up a, you know, a tech founder or whatever, because I did a tech startup too after I, I uh, after I retired. So the same thing I would do. You know, it's map out map map out your your dream, mm. map out your goal, and, and and basically even if it's out of reach, so to speak, map it out, map it out, and build the team. Right. Uh, who's done it. If you know someone's done it or try to find someone that's done it and show them your, your roadmap, your goal, your plan and, and get some feedback. Um, and then if you, if you can get, you know, if you can get some good advice, follow that advice. So to start mm. with, yeah, I think that's the best way to go about it. Map it out. Mm. You want to take over the world same thing
0: you need a plan yep. yeah yeah um, and what what do you think actually is harder than it looks when we, when when you think about being a professional athlete like a lot of outsiders would look at it, say that's easy but actually it's really hard what are some of these things you think
1: what's the hardest part about about being mm. Uh, mm. consistency is is pretty challenging um, to be that's why I, you know, do admire some of those top athletes like Federer, Nadal, that can keep just producing even after they've already achieved everything. They can still replicate. So that that's probably the hardest part is is maintaining uh, such a high level of performance even after you've already achieved. Mm. So mm. I mean that 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 could be you know with anything in business yeah. or whatever. So I think that's that's the hardest part, uh, especially as you get older to be able to reinvent yourself. That's mm.
0: that's hard. Yeah. Because mm. mm. because I, I, I guess um, uh, once you've had some success, the uh, the drive to want to prove yourself becomes
1: oh, it's natural. You know, Lesson,
0: right? It, it's you, you're not as strong anymore, right?
1: Yeah, but though the the true champions are able to keep on going and to keep on finding ways to motivate themselves
0: finding keep on finding inspiration Mm. yeah Mm. and and how about the reverse what's what's actually easier than it looks when it comes to being a professional athlete uh well
1: for me personally it was um you know dealing with the media i mean that's Uh, that's second nature to me. It was pretty easy. Some people find it very hard. Mm. Um, Easier. Well, most people think it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a lot that's easy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I found it. I found everything easy because, Mm. uh, or most everything easy just because uh, I was doing is my passion. I didn't, I didn't have to work a day in my life. I'm like, sweet you know After, even though I'm, I'm tired and sore and you know i um exhausted or whatnot i can still it's, it's what it's what i do for free so
0: i'm getting paid for it that's wow awesome <laughs> mm. Mm.
2: um uh
0: and what was your uh what was one of your favorite failures uh and why and yeah
1: yeah oh, that's a that's a that's a nice one that, that I mm. uh, I rarely get asked. Um, I have this uh, workshop. Uh, well, it's, it's one of the, the modules in my workshop. It's called "Losing Like a Champion." So I mean, it's like an oxymoron, right? It's but mm. it's it's actually a <laughs> crucial skill for everyone to have
2: mm.
1: um, because in life we lose a lot more than we succeed, right? We have a lot more failures. So to you know. Uh, We, you know, I I discuss on, on, you know, um, learning how to reflect, uh, especially on tough losses and learning from that and not dwelling on them, but to use the loss to fuel the fire. And so for me, one of the examples I give them is my first loss. My first race is my I got last place and Mm -hmm. I got you know, not only got last place, I got embarrassed. I embarrassed myself. You know, you know. I mean, I was only 14, but hey, 14-year-olds are very concerned about that kind of stuff. And I think there was like 30, 30 kids, and there's girls, right? I got beat by girls, right? It's like, you know, I, I was a laughing stock. So that was one thing that stands out that I was able to learn from, because it's like, okay, I had to learn how to build my roadmap. I had to research mm. how to train. I had to figure out how to get a coach. And then by 17 years old, I was the team leader, California mm. state champion. And the guy mm. who won, the big, big, uh, big, big guy, six foot two, that I thought was so talented, that had all mm. the best equipment. He called me and wanted me, he wanted to be on my team. And I was his team captain in three years. Oh, wow. So mm. that, that's probably something that, um, had a lot of impact.
0: Hmm. And 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 it's so uh, when I interview um, a lot of people like yourself, just went when so they went, went, went through. Um, uh, as they're growing up, I always find that there there might be moments in their life uh, where they go through this, um, uh, like you mentioned, right? You go through something that was so hurtful in some sense, maybe. Yeah. That, that, that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that yeah. actually kind of drove them to succeed, right? Like, yeah, you, you actually use that as energy. Like I when I hear stories like that, I can I actually think back about my time when uh, so this was in college, and um I remember we were doing like an assignment with my friends, and you know uh, they asked me to kind of represent them to speak, to share yeah. like the findings. and and I stood up there, and I froze. I choked basically, after like one minute. And it was incredibly embarrassing. My lecturer asked me to sit down and replace me, oh, wow. and I was kind of traumatized to speak publicly for many years. Yeah. And but now I speak publicly all the time. You know? Yeah, you have your <laughs> yeah. you the podcast. I mean, that's speaking yeah, yeah. publicly that's yeah, as public so, as you can get. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, so so like I remember stories like that. I say, oh, so I kind of took that experience, and when I started speaking publicly again. I started getting addicted to it in some oh, sense okay. when I, when, when, whenever I made an improvement. So like, oh, I got better, I got better, I got better. Yeah. And I started reading about how do you speak publicly, like what's the technique and stuff like that. And, and that experience kind of drove me, like in a very, not even a very conscious way. Like, you know, I, I, I don't even realize, I don't think about, oh, I'm going to be better than that moment. It's not yeah. like you're always actively thinking about it, but yeah. because that thing happened, like you just it planted a seed, energy. right? It
1: planted yeah. a seed to drive drive you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Interesting yeah. how that
0: works, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so if uh, and uh, do you do any other sports by the way? Like you know, besides cycling. Uh, I mean, I, I lift weights, uh, but that's to do
1: with my sport. I lift weights so I can get stronger. Mm. Um, I've yeah. Sports outside of cycling. I, I mean, i i I, don't know if you consider it a sport, but I, I track my car before. I, I used to like, you know, go to racetrack and and play around with the cars. Mm, um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, ironically, I'm not a very sporty person. I'm just, I was horrible at sports. In 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 elementary, I would get picked last or second to last. I just had no. Hand-eye coordination, I just had nothing. Probably my probably why my parents didn't support me.
2: How are you gonna make a living out of
1: it when you when you don't, you get picked last at PE on the teams, right? No one even wants you on their teams. You know? So
0: uh, <laughs> Oh wow. Funny that how that how ironic. Out, it yeah.
1: is. When I went to my twenty year high school reunion two years ago, I was like what you know they're announcing like you went to three olympics that people couldn't believe them
2: they couldn't believe it really
0: yeah wow so i guess you know um cycling was just meant to be yeah it wasn't meant uh, to be but i made it i made it you made it I forced it to that's be that's right you you willed it to be willed right? it yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I noticed you, you 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 started a coaching platform, I believe, called Sports Empower. Yeah, um, is that is that what you were referring to when you talked yes. about training? Yes, definitely. Uh,
1: so yeah, But Be- Olympians and you know top championship sports people, sportsmen, sportswomen mm. have have two big assets, which is their story. And their mindset. Mm. So I had identified this early enough where I was like, okay, then every sportsman eventually has to retire. And then what? Mm. So with this, Sports Empowered built a mission to help Olympians and other sports people to harness their story and their mindset and build on that with speaking skills, presenting and whatnot, and help them mentor others to achieve, to, to help them to inspire, to motivate, and to empower others, whether it be corporate
0: or up-and-coming athletes.
2: Right. Mm,
0: nice. So, 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 um, so you, you started this fairly recently, is that right? Yeah, late last year, right
1: before late MCO, the- right before COVID. Right, <laughs> The worst possible time to start yeah, I a, know. a company, <laughs> or the best possible time because you, you 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 nothing comes easy. So you you build strategy that will will be successful in in the worst environment. Mm. So when it gets in a better environment, it'll it'll be easier.
0: Yes, yeah, so I I well, I actually think that because everything is sort of disrupted right now oh so yeah maybe it's think- an opportunity for something new you know well well something I, tell, different.
1: I tell you what happened one of the things is like i was doing live talks and we, which we get get paid quite well for live talks and then now mm. i'm doing zoom over zoom mm. but mm. my audience has broadened from like doing for pwc or eo or you know uh you know local insurance company firm to global companies like uber microsoft you know um airbnb google Dude. so it's like last year i was doing okay i'm like ooh, yeah you know entrepreneur organization or dentsu or whatever i'm like you know i get to work you know that's my job and then this year it's like oh well I, the you know the fangs knocking on my dollar to help them acquire my 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 mindset so it's you know it's a good it's 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 you know good things come out of bad things uh, bad situations Mm. but i you know again i didn't sit there and just like feel sorry for myself i i uh had to think how to dig myself out a hole how how Mm. i would how how do i continue to to build and and luckily I, i fell upon this in within a couple months
0: nice nice and and um is that your focus right now because uh, we i'm kind of curious at uh, what's next for you
2: i yeah i think
1: no it's something that i'm really passionate about and that uh there's a market for it that's important too right because if there's no market then <laughs> you don't have a business and you don't have income mm-hmm. so it's definitely i'm you know, getting getting momentum uh, and my, my business partner is, uh, Geraldine Lowe, who's a uh, former manager of Nicole David mm. and mm. she, you know, I met her at the nice. one, of, I met her at one of my talks for entrepreneurs mm. organization, caught up with her. And then uh, she, you know, uh, we started working together. She represented me as a, my manager. Uh, and then, uh, I pitched her this idea and we went with it and yeah, we've we're now training other athletes, other Olympians uh, in Malaysia and in the States um, to speak. And yeah. it's great. It's, it's fun.
2: Yeah.
1: And bu- building a program, uh, which uh, I'm about to roll that out to anyone who wants to to come out with a stronger mindset to achieve their goals. Um, you know, I have an eight series, eight um, eight evenings with me. Mm. Uh, and, and other Olympians where we, we we talk to them about different uh, challenges. Uh, we, you know, each one, each module is different. Like I have a mentorship module, uh, one about self-belief, one about uh, goal setting, one about, uh, yeah, failing, failing, mm. learning how to turn failure into an asset, failing yeah. like a champion. That's in mm. title. So this time, you know, so we, you know, we make it, we make it um, accessible to almost anyone and through, through Zoom, I think we charge uh, 888, 888 ring it 888. For, eight, <laughs> for, for eight sessions. So it's really, it's something that, uh, and then we held it like, you know, twice a, once or twice a week. So, yeah, there people who are interested, they can follow my um, Instagram, Josiah cyclist J-O-S-I-A-H-C-Y-C-L-I-S-T. And uh, you know I have a lot of people always sending me asking me questions through through messing, and I, I reply to everyone.
0: so everyone that i've
1: I've mentored or that i I've, I've shared with uh, that's attended one of my workshops, they continue to ask me questions, and I guess they see me as a mentor and I can, and I'm happy to 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 contribute to them to empower them.
0: Great, uh, yeah, so that was what so I was going to ask you like. Um, yeah. Is there a link? So 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 the uh so the place to find it is to go to your Instagram.
1: Yeah, and- for now because uh, we're we're still building the website. That's right. We're going we went through branding, so we got our branding assets mm-hmm. now and then we go going, you know, we'll build the website. But we so we also starting we always already started to 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 do business. Mm-hmm. So they you know we, we're we gonna I think next week we're gonna roll out that the next program. So we, we did a trial one with uh, some high level uh, corporate executives, and we had some great feedback, um, from, from you know, in finance and finance and uh, government. And so, the
0: next one will be open to the public, like everyone.
2: Mm. Mm. Yeah,
0: I love that. So, yeah. for anyone's listening, like, uh, we'll we'll link it in the show notes so it's yeah. easy to find your Instagram account, sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you. and you when the website is out, like, you know, we can stick well, it in there, definitely, too. Definitely, yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so I'm going to wrap up this conversation with a quick fire questions. All right. Yeah. So I think they're about like seven or eight here. Yeah. Um, so the first question is, um, what scene from a movie or TV show is, uh, super memorable, uh, and impactful to you and why? Oh, I've got, I've
1: got a good one for that one. I just, I I watch a lot of Netflix. Okay. And and last week, I watched a series called The Playbook. Hmm. So basically, it's uh, famous coaches, sports coaches. And hmm. there's this one guy named Doc Rivers. So he was the Boston Celtics head coach in the you know, like early or mid-2000s. And he led them to an NBA title. And a scene from this, um, the, the Playbook, Um, I think it was was series one or two, one of the two. Uh, I think there there was only four. There's only four of them. So Um, he had a few stars on his team, but he knew he needed, that That could have been backfired too, because a few egos, stars and, you know, basketball is about teamwork. You win championships, not with a star. You win the champions with a group of people that work Mm -hmm. together. So he's like a few stars and he said, he introduced the concept of
0: Ubuntu.
1: U-B-U-N-T-U, Ubuntu. And he had the younger guys, he seeded it out to the younger guys and said, just say Ubuntu. And he had everyone say it. and soon it became like popular, it's like Ubuntu. And what is Ubuntu? So basically is an African or Zulu phrase, like Ubuntu, which kind of translation to like a person can only be a person through others. Right. So he was able to ingrain this Ubuntu into the culture of the team. Mm -hmm. For example, he came in with a a McDonald's Big Mac one day and one of the, one of the players said, coach, where's my, what happened to Ubuntu? What's going on? That means he didn't think of everyone else in the group. Mm -hmm. Where's our burger? Basically, Mm -hmm. he was teasing Mm -hmm. him, you know. Mm -hmm. So from then on, it's like you buy one burger, you buy the whole team burger. It's Mm -hmm. team. It's not only teamwork. It's basically a lifestyle, a a way of life in in African culture where it's like the, the tribe. It's everyone thinks about everyone. Mm. They don't think about individuals. You never think about yourself. I guess communism could, too could, could could or you could argue that, that
2: similar similarities.
1: <laughs> but but within the the, the premise of teamwork, mm. Ubuntu is great. You mm. think about the team and over yourself. I think Japanese do it quite well too.
0: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, like so it's yeah. sort of kind of like uh, we're in it together. Yeah, um, in, it know, in, it right. in it together. In it to win it together. In it to win it, right. One uh, for all, all for one. Yep. Yeah, I love that. Um, next question. Is there a non-fiction book that you've read that you believe everyone should read? Okay, they're, well, they're, they're, I don't really read books. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hence, you answered the Netflix question so quickly.
1: <laughs> uh, the, the only books, I, the, the only books these days I read are like, Kids' books. Yeah, data. Uh, this one doesn't show, does it? So yeah, basically, yeah. it's a, yeah, I've got my little Dada, a right. baby books.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, oh, <she's> books. excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is. There's the Dada book. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, we can skip that then. <laughs> uh, uh, what's the best piece of career advice you've received from a mentor or someone you respect?
1: Yeah, the best piece of advice. I mean, well, my grandma, I, I think I mentioned this, like she mm. gave me the that you know, that big advice is like find your passion and figure a way out to make a living out of it and I can reverse that for the people that you know, that's unrealistic for. You know, it's like mm. find passion in your work. Mm. Find passion in your work. So, find passion in your work, yeah. Um so so when When I came back to Malaysia, moved back uh, last year, I was, I made a mission, my, my, my mission statement, which whatever I do, I, I came back, I didn't have a job. So I said, whatever I do, it has to be to help the growth of Malaysian sporting culture. And that was my, my mission statement. Mm. And so I double check that whatever I'm getting myself into, if it doesn't tick off that box, if it's not helping Malaysia grow our
0: sporting culture, I don't do it.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Simple. Nice. Um, Nice. Um, Who is your role model and not someone from your family, because I think you mentioned your grandma. Yeah. Um, And what behaviors did they have that you see in yourself? And what did you wish you had?
1: I don't have one particular role model I because I, I find that if you have one role model because we're all human, you'll eventually be disappointed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, we're all human. We all mm-hmm. make mistakes. So I try to pick the best from a lot of role models, you know, be it someone that's a public figure or someone I know personally that's not a public figure. So I try to pick and choose the best from from certain people it's like for example the guy that uh i that the kind gentleman that that allowed me to live with him when i when i was kicked out or when i was homeless so to speak Mm -hmm. my my 18th birthday guy named don elling he was the kindest person and the most general generous person um that that I've, i've ever met and because of him i i i picked up a few things i mean i'm naturally more selfish because i'm the firstborn i'm an athlete um uh, always thinking you know i think naturally i'm more selfish i would mm. say but because i lived with him i was able to pick up some of his uh, generosity his, his his personality and uh you know on my first olympics you know um six years later after moving in with him i saved up enough to present him with a present the ultimate present of coming to watch me race, compete at Olympic Games in Athens. Whoa, whoa. So, I paid, so he couldn't afford to because he couldn't afford to get off work. So I, pay, I, I saved up enough to pay for his salary, his salary that he would was missing. I paid for his airline ticket because, you know, he made it possible for me. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a little bit of what goes around comes around. And that was he was like 60 something years old. And that was his first time ever traveling outside of the United States. So it's great that, you know, it's a good feeling that's like I was able to like give back to someone that gave
0: me so much. That is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Okay. Next question. Um, What what object have you purchased in the last 12 months that cost less than a thousand ringgit that you believe has had tremendous positive impact?
1: Oh, that? this is an easy one. Yesterday, I went to Tesco and I bought three bags of diaper pants. <laughs> and I'm telling you, as a father, it's a game changer. It's so easy, diaper pants. I, I bought, three, I said three, three packs because I, you know, I, I didn't know there's so many brands. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, Mommy Poco, Huggies, dripers, and then I'll try them and see which one's best. But it's a game changer. Those pull up
0: things oh man <laughs> right <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> I think a lot of people listening probably don't <laughs> well the so, fathers yeah. the mothers yeah, and fathers would. <laughs> yeah 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 so this like you can like wear it in like two seconds right it's really bad man I don't know what our
1: <laughs> parents used to do with the cloth diapers with a pin oh yeah we, oh yeah we have parents these
0: days are spoiled yeah there's so many things <laughs> that were spoiled right <laughs> Uh, uh next question uh if oh. you could make a video go viral and the video no. carried a message that's important to you uh what no. message would that be i've had something that went viral two
1: three couple two three years ago it went mm. it was a it was not a video it was a post on mm. facebook mm. and basically there's this one it was a a post um you know, we call we have a, a series of competition series called JCM, called Junior Cycling Malaysia. And KJ, when he was um, a sports minister, he his team came up with that with with that talent ID competition program. And the, there was an issue where they had the, the kids won mock checks, and it was like for like twenty ringgit, ten ringgit. Mm-hmm. So they're complaining, the parents of the kids were complaining that the mock checks cost more to print than it was worth, <laughs> than the prize money was worth. And everyone's complaining and everything. And I look, I I, I chimed in, of course, I, I put in a comment, and I got attacked. Oh, oh you, uh, everything was handed to you on a silver platter, blah, 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 blah. And oh, man. So I... Yeah, I stayed calm and I said okay. So I I went to write for an hour, mm. uh, and I wrote this long post on how my on my on my on my journey,
2: mm. Mm.
1: and it went viral to over a million people, over a million. Wow. One, I think one I ended up numbers like one point one seven. So it went wow. viral, and many people asked me to write a book, to blah blah blah, to uh, write and make a movie, blah blah blah. You know, because all of my my good, my stories and my journey Mm. and all the failures and all the Mm. setbacks and challenges. Mm. So I published the book I I sent that viral post to a New York children's book publisher and they took it on. So they, they're not your traditional publisher. They sell to schools. Mm. So now my book called make it happen, you know, make it happen is in thousands of us schools. And I, I wish it could be, I wish it could be in new, Malaysian schools too, but I haven't found a way. I haven't really put the time in to figure out how to get that. Because I mean, if, if American schools can find value in my story, uh, maybe Malaysian. Yeah. Because I'm a yeah. Malaysian sportsman, yeah.
2: right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That, that, that's
1: an example. Yeah, I thought that would be a good story.
0: Yeah, no. In fact, you, have, you do have a very yeah. movie-worthy story, I think. like I could see it being a movie. Like, you could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the boy you know, who, you who was could. too stubborn to quit. Yeah, like how how you you came in last in your first, yeah. you know, cycling thing yeah. and you know, and your parents and but ba- you went to all that Family fallout. Yeah. Fall. yeah, you to yeah, make yeah. Of a good movie, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, we'll we'll find a way to get your book in Malaysian schools. Somehow. That would be great. <laughs> Some, someone listening will, will, will know how to do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, next question. Uh, what skill that you have that you, uh, which other people might find surprising, but has been very useful to you in your career? Oh, here's a good one.
1: Write, writing.
2: writing. I, don't, okay.
1: I don't read, I write. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm I'm a good writer and I'm able to... To, to, to put proposals together. So ever since I was like, you know, I didn't have money to buy equipment. So I would write proposals to companies to sponsor me. And I was very successful. Like I, as early as like 16, I got a sunglasses sponsorship where this company gave me two dozen sunglasses sponsorship. And it's like, wow, you know, I was only like California state champion and they'll sponsor me. Mm. you know, which is more than a lot of elite athletes get. Mm. It's more than I got uh, as an elite athlete too. It was funny. Mm. I was sponsored by Oakley and they didn't give me two dozen glasses at a time. They Mm. gave me like, you know, four or five at a time. It was funny. So yeah, right. To, to be able to write well, um, I think it's uh, under, undervalued for an athlete or for anyone Mm. writing, putting a proposal together. And these days I put, uh, PowerPoint slides, pitch decks Mm. together. Mm. Mm. Um, that, that is something that I think if you get anything from school, that should be that you should be able to, okay, your simple maths, you got to do, be able to do well, right? So you don't lose too much money (laughs) and to be able to write Mm. email, writing emails, because it's you think about it. It's something we do all the time in every job.
0: Yes, yeah. and out of curiosity, it's yeah. kind of like a follow-up question. Like, yeah. Was there anywhere, how did you learn to write so well?
1: I think it's the only class I probably paid attention to because I liked it, right? <laughs> I mean, I was like, um, or maybe I was kind of natural at it, but I, I had to work at it, you know? Mm. So mm. Um, I think with anything, the more you practice, the better you get. So I practiced a lot. I mean, I mm-hmm. had to, if I, if I wanted stuff, I had to, these days, I, I tell you, I, I have a cycling glove company too, five bling and I get athletes or want to be athletes or, you know, like amateur athletes sending me proposals. It's like, Hey, sponsor me. I'm like, I've got 500 followers and like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to win more races because of you. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't even bother replying because it's such a weak attempt. Mm -hmm. But even if I had one of those young athletes who didn't do anything, if they wrote well, they wrote me a meaningful proposal, you know, with clear uh, points, what they would give me in return, what they would do in return for sponsoring them. I probably would do it, but no one has managed to do that. Because I remember me doing that and I'm mm. like, I went, you know, I would write a proper letter and mail it. And I, I tell you, I had so much success from that, mm. from being able to write well and also following up. That's a skill set, follow up. Mm. That's a skill set mm. that's underutilized and, un, you know, it's uh, unrate, uh, not underrated.
2: Mm. Mm
1: with being able to write well and to follow up, you're gonna, you're, you'll get you'll get what you want a lot. you have a lot better chance of getting what you
0: want. Hmm, mm. and kind of building up on that, it also sounds like when you're approaching someone for help or sponsorship, that it's good Absolutely. to also understand what will make the other party respond, like what they might be interested in, right? Rather than just what oh. you're interested in.
1: Absolutely, it's the two-way street. And that's part of writing. That's the part that's, part of the skill set of, of being able to write a good proposal is being mm. able to structure the, you know, be, be, being able to come up with a good strategy and mm. you know, the playbook or whatever not. And um, mm. yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically from being an Olympian, I raised, you know, when I did my tech startup, which I have no technical skills in hospitality, which I have no hospitality background, I was able to raise half a million AUD for my tech startup which is called entertain. It's a, it's a like entertaining your home with our private chef. So it's mm. a private yeah. dining and entertain.com.au. They still, it's still running, although I'm no longer the chief eating officer. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> it's one of those skills that, that I really, you know, even though I didn't have the background because I had those skill set, I was able to complete
0: uh, a funding round. Mm. Thanks. Um, Last two questions. Yeah. Uh, any interesting places in KL that you think people should visit, you know, hang out spots, you know? Oh, yeah. I've
1: got a really good one that I go to two to three times a week. Mm. Uh, and then I discovered uh, during, after MCO, uh, Perdana. 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 Yep. Botanical gardens. And I, I, I take my family there a couple times a week and go on a walk. Um, and it's great. It's a great place to spend quality time with your family. Is that uh, Lake gardens?
0: Perdana Botanic.
1: Is it Lake Garden? I'm it has. It might. A lake it it has a lake. <laughs> so it might be, and it has a garden. It's Perdana. I'm not sure.
2: It, I just it know might it.
1: Be. I just call it Perdana, and it's it's a botanical garden, right? Yeah. And it's it's quite big. You can take your bike there. You can take your scooter or kids or you know it's it's some place that really enables me to rejuvenate mm. mentally and physically and after that we go for a cafe go to a cafe mm. and get some get a nice brunch or whatever mm. um it, it's 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 done a lot to improve my family's life
0: i, I recommend great. it yeah that's great yeah i i, I ask uh whether it's gardens because i recently also discovered it. Yeah. Uh, after they lifted the lockdown, I went yeah. around, and I was like, oh, this place is so, it's so beautiful. And I'm surprised that there's not as, ma- as many people that I would have expected. And yeah. it's not marketed very well at all, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. So is it,
1: um, it's, it's, I just looked it up Perdana. Botanical Gardens, formerly formerly Perdana Lake Gardens, it is.
2: Oh right, there you go. All right, yeah. So we go is. to the yeah. same place. I haven't yeah. seen you there though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm not sure it's if big. you recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, it is big. Yeah. No, next big. time I'll I'll, yeah. I'll wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, loved it. I love the place. So I'm glad you mentioned it. I I, yeah. I also think that's not marketed very well. I'm not sure if it's like a Malaysian thing. Like we've got this like so. beautiful places, but we just don't market it. So there's well, no story.
1: I'm I'm happy it's not marketed because then it'd be overcrowded. Oh yeah. probably. And it's not. Yeah. It's, not it, it, yeah. it started, it's It's getting crowded at times, like weekends. But mm. if you go on uh, like, you know, if you're able to go at uh, like nine o'clock on a weekday or a Monday, it's like empty. It's great. And we, mm. we go, you know, you can take some, bread or some fish food and go feed the fish. It's... Man, oh, yeah.
0: For ducks and it's, it's cool. Yeah, I love that place. Yeah, um, yeah. last question. All right. What, what does the word success uh, mean to you? Three things that success means.
1: To be able to inspire others to dream big. To be able to motivate them to take action, and to be able to empower them uh, to achieve, and that—that's what success would mean to me.
2: Hmm.
1: Inspire, nice. motivate, and empower. Empower, nice. Love
2: it. Sports empowered.
1: Sports empowered. That's going through right. <laughs> going through my branding, <laughs> going through my branding exercises. That's, that's I had to think about that.
0: What the, what does success mean for sports and and mean for me? Mm. Yeah, and that's what I mm. came up with. Mm. And and I suppose like you you need to align your personal motivations right to what the company yeah. stands for. Definitely, yeah, that's yeah. it. Um, yeah. So, thank you so much, Josiah for spending yeah, time you. with us. Oh, uh, I love the story. I yeah. love I loved, I loved um, how you shared. You know how you started, and you know you you were it wasn't obvious that you're going to be a professional athlete. And, and despite all the challenges that you went through with the family, you kind of came out of it on top and, you know, and you became an Olympian. Uh, I loved what, how you talked about, you know, how every day is game day. I'm going to start implementing that in my own Oh, no, it's great. Somewhere. I'm glad. Yeah.
1: To, I'm happy to
0: hear that. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I do day have days when day. I feel a bit off, right? And
1: that's yeah. when it comes in handy. Just pretend, yeah. you know, first of all, you know, I always ask, well, what, what, what does your game day look like? And what do you do on your game day to make it happen? Mm. So everyone's game day is a little bit different, you know, depending on what you do for a living or whatnot. Right. Mm. So, you know, if it's sales team, it's like a pitch, Mm. you know, or or submit your report or, or whatever it is. You know, what does that day look like and what do you do? You know, but of course, you know, I, yeah, I've, i spoken to a couple of accountants and like, well, we don't have a game day, really. <laughs> it's like, wow. You know, one guy was like, my life is kind of boring. I'm like, I did not know what to say to that. It was like, it was pretty funny. I'm like,
0: Ooh, <laughs> it's like my foot stuck in my mouth there. <laughs> uh, well, speaking as a former accountant, yeah. um, <laughs> I would say that, uh, well, well it, there's, there's a lot of work, yeah, yeah, as an accountant. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of work. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe it's um, there's no gold medal. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's a gold medal at the end right, of it. But, right. you know, there's a lot of important work. But I can see why they would ask that question. No, because some <laughs> people, like, game day is not relevant, right? Mm.
1: So it's mm. like, okay, so what's game day for an accountant? And how do you get excited about that day? It's like a peak. <laughs> it's the peak of your... Uh, uh, yeah. Of your career, it's like what? Yeah. What do you do during that day? You know? Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. Uh, so yeah, and um, okay. all the best with. Thanks a lot, uh, Howard. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I think um I think there's something really unique there, and and based on our conversation, I, I think you can. There's a lot of um, uh. So what what I love about the conversation you is that you, you're not just about story. I can hear there's a lot of technique behind. Yeah you know, what got you to where you are and if you can impart it to, uh, people, whether directly to corporates or even to like, you yeah. know, So you're running programs for even individuals, right. If you want to participate, I do, I, I do, I do,
1: I do individuals. Uh, anyone can book me right now through Airbnb experiences and they can book. And tonight I have a, a one-on-one with a lady, uh, where is she from? A, a Russian lady from the UK. And then, you know, the other day I had a nine-year-old, nine-year-old kid from Delhi. Hmm. And it's like, I had to ch- change my, I had to adapt it to him because nine-year-old, you're not going to have the same talk, right? You're yeah. The same concepts. I had to make it a little bit more simple. Huh. I didn't know it was a nine-year-old, but so anyone can <laughs> book me. So what I, do, you know, I put my my thing on, on, on Airbnb experiences because Airbnb had to adapt, right? Because their business was going because of COVID their business got, got the screw job and they had to adapt and they came up with Airbnb experiences
2: Mm. through zoom. Mm.
1: And I, they, they, they reached out to me and they asked me to be on the platform and I said, okay, that sounds like interesting. And that's how I'm, I'm able to, have access to to companies like microsoft and uber and airbnb um and google oh, so i get cool. to I, I get to work with the high level teams through you know because they can mm. find what i do through there mm.
0: it's pretty cool mm. it's pretty cool mm. so that's that's the mindset coaching right that, that's, that's the idea. one that's that's
1: more of like the, the mentorship the Is that one that's right. like they, they, you know, that's through that one-hour thing, and then if they find that they want me to be a mentor, then they contact me, and then, you know,
0: we 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 go further. Nice. Yeah. I'm gonna check out these Airbnb experiences. Thing. Yeah, no, it's I cool. I, yeah, I haven't realized that they've actually branched into that
1: space. Yep. So you can do. I mean, there's a lot a lot of things so you can do. You know, there's a lot of yoga. People doing yoga. Um, there are a lot of Olympians on there offering their experience that you can um there's comedians, musicians, I mean you can anything that you can do on you know, you can mm. do on Airbnb, you know, like uh wine tasting. Uh it's it's very interesting. Just browsing is fun. It's like you can mm. kill a couple hours just like seeing what's out there.
0: Mm.
1: And and I think a lot of people make a living out of it now.
0: Mm. Imagine that. Oh yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Wow. Gonna check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks again. All and, right. Uh, Very, I'll yeah. probably bump into you in like late Ghana. Yeah. Some, yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> That'd be good. Cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Thanks for
1: giving me this opportunity to share my story. And uh, yeah. Hello, and uh, thanks. Thanks to all the listeners for, for you know for allocating an hour and a bit of your day to, to,
0: to listen to my story. Amazing story. Thank you, Justin. All right. Thank you very so much. One. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Hello Mentor podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, do hit that subscribe button, whether you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're trying to have a great career or if you want to succeed in business, um, you will benefit from really, really getting to learn from some of the most inspiring people in Malaysia. And hopefully, you can replicate some of that success yourself. Uh, We have many, many more amazing people joining us soon. And we expect to release an episode once every two weeks. So, again, Do hit that subscribe button to our podcast and you will be notified when the next episode is up. Also, this podcast is supported by WAP, the leading professional youth jobs platform in Malaysia. So if you're looking to hire great talent or if you're looking for a new job, do also check us out at wapjobs.com. That's W-O-B-B jobs.com. Thank you again and I look forward to... Share the next episode with you soon.